Welcome to episode 11 of the Digital Fabrication Experiment, a podcast about all things CNC. I'm Winston Moy, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Eddie Kramer. Today, we are in the Venetian in Las Vegas at Autodesk University, and we've got a fantastic lineup of guests in the room with us. So uh, let's go around the table, literally, and uh, just see what we got here. So I'm uh, Dan DeMajor. Uh, I work for Datron Dynamics in the U.S. Uh, we're the North American uh, representative for Datron AG. We do sales and service. I'm, I'm an application project manager, so uh, that means that I work on internal projects like um, the one we're working on here with uh, at Autodesk University um, to demonstrate the machine and talk to uh, prospective customers as well as work internally uh, with demonstrations with sales, things like that. I'm Marvin Krupp. I'm a systems engineer at Kern, and I'm happy to be back on the DFX podcast. I'm uh, Al Lutmo. I lead the product management team for our uh, digital f- manufacturing tools. It's uh, CAM, subtractive manufacturing, additive manufacturing, fabrication, robotics, inspection, all that stuff you're seeing in Fusion. With Autodesk? Great. With Autodesk, yeah. So, welcome everybody. Um, I know uh, Al and Marv have to leave a little early, so we thought we'd start with you guys. Um, Al, really, really happy to have you on and Dan and Thank you. Marvin. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your product area? It's HSM, right? And the cam that's in Fusion, I guess Inventor, and the plugin for SolidWorks, is that? Uh, yes, yeah, so traditionally, and probably the last time we talked, it was just HSM. We've recently brought all of product management together. So oh, okay. So I have responsibility for everything that's going in Fusion for manufacturing, but HSM works, Inventor HSM, okay, part maker, feature cam, Power Mill, NetFab. That's a the, lot of the stuff. True products. <laughs> yeah. All all of our manufacturing mm-hmm. products. We we feel it's pretty important to be able to have a, a holistic view of how we bring it together. Mm-hmm. So having a, a single leader is important to do that. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, Autodesk's traditional customers. You know, say like industrial manufacturing. Um, Winston and I are both kind of hobby makers, uh, doing a little bit of small business stuff, but using desktop class machines. I'm really, really happy that Autodesk has supported that kind of hobby maker scene with the uh, commercial grade CAD and CAM. It, you know, basically free for most people um, and still su- subscription, you know, affordable uh, for people like us. Yeah, no. so I'm, I'm glad you see it that way. Some people look at the, the cost and assume that it's a, a product just for makers. The way we look at it is we're making a professional tool and we ought to make that tool available for, for makers and educators. It's yeah. it's just the right thing for us to do. Yeah, yeah I, that's, I, I love it from my perspective um, because it's such an easy product to recommend for people who are buying Daytrons who either are coming from no CNC background at all because the community is huge. Um, so so having that, knowing that there that community is in place, it's an easy recommendation. Besides all the, the work that Autodesk has done with Datron to produce post-processors, tool libraries, things like that, um, it's the capability behind it is tremendous. So, and a lot of people are coming from, you know, a lower-end machine. Datron's a little bit more high-end, so coming from a Toromach or a desktop, um, it's an easy transition. They don't have to step up to, you know, some multi-thousand-dollar CAD system like right. a CAD CAM system like MasterCam or... Uh, Esprit, something like that. So the interesting thing too is it's one of these things where doing the right thing actually ends up being the best business thing to do too. So take Winston for example and other folks that create learning content for us. We wouldn't be getting that if there (laughs) there wasn't folks that had access to it. So you pay us back in other ways that's super helpful to us. Yeah, that's actually a really good thing about Fusion is the amount of tutorials on the internet. 
I've recently been forced to work with a little bit of different software and there are no tutorials, so it's super hard to get into it. And with Fusion, whenever I don't know something, I just go on YouTube, go on the Autodesk homepage, and there's a top-notch tutorial, and I easily pick up what I need to know. But it's just a completely different way of looking at the problem. When you look at making the, everything accessible to the masses and how do I allow the masses to adopt it as opposed mm -hmm. to being very restrictive of it, you, you look at the problem in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. and um, just based on our um, podcast with Danielle, just the education market, um, to, to get the next generation of makers and machinists um, using professional tools prepares them for the future. And it's just it's better for everyone that they, they get on board sooner and they learn what these industrial grade tools are and how to use them and leverage them. And uh, I think it sets everyone else on a trajectory for creativity moving forward. It's interesting, that's another good example of doing the right thing ends up being the best business thing anyway. So it's the right thing for us to not charge educators for software. But when people learn using our software, they're most likely to use that when they go to industry. So yeah. again, another good example of how it yeah. And um, Winston and I both run uh, Desktop 5 Axis, which is kind of a special case. Really difficult to find software um, to generate CAM for those at a reasonable price. Autodesk wasn't uh, supporting pretty much all the features, right? Even in the in the uh, startup version. So yeah, that's been that's, it was a game changer for us. I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing if there wasn't a product like Fusion around. So I haven't used um, Inventor or, or the uh, Power Mill. I think some of you probably have. Yeah, we we use Inventor HSM. Um, primarily when we work with customers who are doing, you know, government contract kind of stuff, ITAR mm -hmm. restriction, where it can't be cloud-based, it has to be local. Um, but that's still an easy recommendation because the kernel's the same between the yeah, two. So it functions really, really similarly. Yeah. And we were in a couple of the additive, or sorry, generative classes, which mm. are also interesting, kind of how that's integrating in with the printed, or you can take the design as a starting point, right? Even for something that's going to be machined. So that's the exciting thing to talk about. So you talk about um, the part maker customers that are focused on Swiss and multitasking. When you have the conversation of we're taking that technology and bringing it into fusion and fusing it together with best in class milling from from power mill and best in class integration from HSM works and fusing all that together. And at the same time we're doing that, the modeling teams are fusing in best in class surface modeling and generative design. So it's all it's all coming together into so this a lot of fusing and fusion. A lot of fusion. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to get industrial designers are starting to get really excited on the generative side. So yeah, it's, it's cool. That's almost like it's finally becoming a reality. Because I remember learning about like um, you do let the computer come up with a model um, in school, but it was an academic exercise. There's no way to take that uh, generated model and just make it a reality. Right. So to be able to have the the generative capacity, the CAM, the design to to play around with that, all like in one place is yeah, really cool. Bring it yeah. to the masses. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And when it's all in one place, it allows you to iterate more quickly and the faster you mm -hmm. can iterate, the faster you can generate new yeah. ideas. Yeah, especially like that uh, with the new generative infusion, relatively new one, you're able to select your style of manufacturing because I think a lot of generative designs are based on mainly additive process, which are not interesting to me. But you can also select, for example, a three axis milling in several setups, and that's awesome. That really gives you the power, even on a DIY mill, to do a generative design and try it out. Yeah, that was new to me. I learned that 
today or yesterday. So. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. It's been we've we've looked at it for a while and thought, oh, that's cool, but you've got to print it or you mm -hmm. need five axis to do it. And you know, Datron's generally generally three axis. We do some four and five axis stuff as well. But now that I know that. I'm gonna have to bug Marv to teach me how to do it. Yes. So I guess that was a, I guess that was a plug for AU. You've learned a lot of AU. Yeah, I have learned. Met a lot of great folks. I mean, Autodesk has also, at least from my perspective, done a great job of supporting kind of the instant machinist community. You guys are very involved, um, and especially on Instagram. I don't follow much else, but uh, it's a really good community. I got to meet a lot of people face to face, including yep. you guys. So it's great. Um, so for our audience, we're mostly. Uh, some mix of Instagram, Instant Machinists, uh, a lot of uh, Winston's uh, maker, yeah, uh, maker base. Um, a pretty diverse background. Yeah, without giving away too many secrets, but would, would you want to talk about like one or two of the most exciting features you think uh, that you guys talked about at the conference uh, this coming up this year and say Fusion in particular? Anything? Most exciting features. Yeah. For especially for you know the smaller machine guys like us. Um, what you know, what do you think is gonna like excite and help people the most. Yeah. Or what would you like to make them aware of this, you know, that's been announced and that they may not know yet. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, there's, and it can be anything. This seems like such a cliche thing to say. There's so much to be excited about, but I think that for me, the excitement sort of lives in three buckets. The, the one bucket is what we've been talking about, how we, how we've got the, the opportunity to fuse together so many expert point solutions. Also the responsibility to bring it together in a consistent way, which is the kind of thing that keeps me up at night. It'd be easy to throw all the technology together, but how do yeah. we make sure that you've got an experience that the five axis milling is similar to, to additive manufacturing. But there's, there's that bucket that's exciting to finally think we might get close to the ultimate toolbox of having all the tools in one box. Uh, the, the other bucket that excites me and it's probably the, the most exciting on a personal level is how we how we start to connect things to the shop floor and how, how we can drive some automation and, and provide data on the shop floor level and uh, potentially you know adjust speeds and feeds from from an app and, and you, you've seen some of the stuff today anyway where you can calculate tool path in the cloud and get an answer back yeah you can say internet of things internet of things <laughs> yeah. so, so actually making actually making that a reality is the other bucket great um so i, I know you guys you, you guys are gonna be heading down to the keynote um we're gonna keep recording i think dan you can stick with us for a little yeah. bit yeah. um marvin will like talk to you a couple minutes before sure. and then we'll let you guys go because then you get tight timeline hopefully you're gonna come to the keynote too yeah i think we're gonna be a couple minutes late but we're just gonna make sure we got our audio good and i can throw a little plug all the converse all the all the sessions that happened at AU will end up as a recording so people that didn't make it can oh, watch great. it and you can you can watch previous year's recordings already so. yeah this was my first year but i took big advantage of that for AU 2017 once those uh, once those went up and we'll we'll probably once they come out i think we'll talk about it on the podcast make sure everyone knows the links to them because sometimes they're they're tricky to find and uh we'll point out some of the, our favorite episodes or favorite sessions that we went yeah. to because we still have a, a lot of sessions to go yeah. to yeah today's a busy day tomorrow's pretty good um and marvin so i know this is you've been to au before you're yes. speaking this year um, exactly i don't know if this was your first year speaking no i also had a talk last year yeah so uh we'll be going to marvin's uh session on adaptive clearing and it's kind of focused on both, both ways. Yes. Both way adaptive, exactly. Yeah. Autodesk released this year both way adaptive for Fusion in HSM. And that one was actually pretty awesome to receive, and I started looking into it. 
And having a talk that is like one hour long about adaptive clearing, I know a guy asked me at AU, um, what are you going to talk about for adaptive clearing for one hour? And I was like, well, there's stuff you can talk about. Um, I hope to make it exciting for the people here. Um, we'll see how it comes. And, and Daytron was actually one of our partners that was instrumental in pushing the yeah. development of I know for sure Mark Rice in Germany was very big on I know at first he was like begging for it and then they started developing it and I think he did some some initial testing of they it did. as well because we exploit it heavily uh, because our machine has the can utilize those moves efficiently um, in part because of the acceleration characteristics of it so um, it's uh, we're demonstrating it here at the show in the factory the part that we're making has all uh, both ways adaptive clearing in it so uh, you can sort of see for anyone who gets to attend uh that we certainly exploit it as much as we can. Um, I have a lot of gaps in my fusion because I'm pretty much self-taught. I'm a, actually an IT uh, software developer background, so uh, I've done CAD and other like lower-end products, so I was pretty comfortable with that, and fusion kind of felt natural. I think it was easy to get. Cam was new to me, uh, so I really like my trip this year was focused a lot on the cam and manufacturing side and. Team subtractive. Yeah. <laughs> no team subtractive. Yeah, yeah. So that's like that's been my main focus. I don't know, Winston. What were your kind of what was your so main goal? Really, coming from a the YouTube background, I'm looking for ways to teach people. Yeah. That's so right. I really want to see like what are the tips that you guys want to suggest to me so that I can pass them on to other people mm. and to just familiarize myself with new tools. Like today was the first day I saw generative in action, and so just learning about that. I think helps me share that with other people better. Um, so that's what I was looking to get out of this experience, and I think it's it's gonna be a success. That's, that's a good point. I mean, we've we've got folks like you that represent the voice of thousands of customers and help us sh share to thousands of customers. So the more you can sort of tell us what we can give you specifically to share with your audiences, super important yeah. for us. We should we should certainly talk about that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think like. The big thing I'm getting out of the conference beyond, you know, I had the, the target subjects I wanted to focus on, but the stuff that's been intellectually stimulating is it's going to stuff that's outside my, you know, like I went to sheet metal, I've never used sheet metal before, so I learned some cool things about that module. Don't know if I'll ever use it. Kind of flesh out all my gaps in fusion and just some of the technology too, right? So. That's actually something I do a lot at AU. Uh, at every AU I've went to, I took the opportunity to go to like a different field. Even I take mm -hmm. one class <laughs> with architecture, and I mean BIM for me is something like yeah. I know it exists, but it's interesting for me to see what is happening in the other communities. Yeah. What are the civil engineering people doing, and is there maybe something I want in manufacturing? to yeah. take away from that. That's what's huge, I think, in the factory experience that everyone does is that 90% of the people that walk through and have no familiarity of machining or printing or anything, they're all, because I forget how big Autodesk is in terms of all the other software that they produce. Um, so most of the people walk through, they look at our machine and they might ask, is that a 3D printer? Or, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> what is that doing? So you have to explain down to really basics um, and sort of open their, their view. I mean, even like when I came into this field, um, I didn't realize how so many things were made and where, you know, CNC milling was essential uh, to their production. So it's, it's cool to give people that opportunity to see into, you know, our daily life of manufacturing. Yeah. And to be honest, that's what the factory experience is all about. It'd be one thing for us to say we're 
we're going to take design and manufacturing and put the software together. But if we don't help educate the world of designers that they right. shouldn't just throw their designs over the fence to manufacturing, then yep. we haven't really done our job. So yep. It's, yep. it's, again, really what the factory experience is about. How do you take a group of designers and expose them to the manufacturing process? Even if they're not the ones doing it, they ought to have a, yep. an understanding of what's happening. Yeah, that was very neat this year because you guys had all the processes in there. Even yep. like the... The, uh, I can't remember the machine at the end. It was kind of doing the weld, weld build up and then. Yeah, the DMS. Yeah, DMS. Right. Machine, yep. So it was a hybrid machine. That was yeah, the hybrid. DMS hybrid. Yeah, so that was new to me. Um, I'd seen some videos of similar stuff. The SLS I'd seen before. Um, but you, you guys had the form labs. Like, I had probably like small versions of everything in there except for something like hybrid. Like, I have a CNC machine, I have a 3D printer. Um, but it was really cool to see it kind of how it works in a bigger, you know, production type yep. or, or professional prototyping uh, setup. And yeah, it was, you could almost envision that's almost factory of the future, right? A lot of that. Yeah. Um, really good. So yeah, as far as uh, sessions, I'd say you know for the audience, if anyone ever goes to AU that hasn't been before, you know, hit the classes you want to hit, but. Find one that you don't even understand what the acronym stands for and go to that. <laughs> You'll learn something. That's a really it's a good strategy. I think the non tangible stuff is some of the most important bit too, right? You can you can watch the videos afterwards and learn the content, but yeah. the relationships you build at AU is one of the yeah, most important huge. things you can yeah. you can do. So I think it's important for people to think That's about that. For me one of the major selling points, like meeting, for example, the other insta machinists, but also like all the Autodesk people. Um, what I'm doing with Fusion is sometimes really special work. So, for example, operating a Kern, the Heidenheim post-processor, of course, exists. That's awesome. But I needed some change in the post-processor for precision. And I know Lawrence. He's like the wizard of post-processor <laughs> hacking. And I met him here, and that's why I had his contact. And I was just texting him like, hey, Lawrence, I need then that changed. And one minute later, I got a picture like, yeah, that line you need to change. Yeah. And I had my post-processor fixed, and this is invaluable. Yeah. That's really, that's an yeah. awesome contact to have. Yeah, those relationships and connections you make, that's probably the best takeaway, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I know you guys got to head down, right? All right. So yeah. we'll, well, thank recording. you for everything you do thank for you the Insta Machinist community and for having me. Well, I appreciate good. it, Al. It's really, uh, really great to have you on, on board. I appreciate the time, and I'm sure our audience will, too. Thanks yes. for having me. See you Thank later. Thank you, Marvin. So, Dan, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, some stuff I've seen floating around on on uh, Instagram. Sure. The longboard. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. So where did that start? Was that just a... So the origin of the longboard actually goes back to um, the founder of Daytron Dynamics in North America, Bill King. Um, so he started the company over 20 years ago, about 22 years ago up in Mississauga, Canada. Mm -hmm. um, and um, about 10 years ago or so, maybe a little bit less, he... Um, he had to make a, a, well, he didn't have to make, he decided to make a birthday present for his daughter, Sarah, um, who now actually happens to be a service technician at Daytron. Pretty cool roundabout story. But um, <clears throat> so she was into longboarding. So he decided, I'm going to make a longboard out of aluminum. And uh, the original longboard, I would love to get a picture of it. I might ask her to bring it into work someday, um, was actually made with some aluminum stock that had like the diamond pattern already in it for like stair step, that kind oh, yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, so he made the original out of that uh, with, you know, some, some neat engraving and features like that. Um, and then when he was all done, he was he, he and other people realized that this is a really cool 
demo part. So it's been evolving ever since then for the past eight years or so. Um, and it's gone through several iterations. You know, it, it changed from that design to just more typical um, flat stock material uh, that we milled pockets into. And it went from, you know, uh, started off on the M8, we ran on the M10 Pro, then it went on the M8 Cube. Eventually it went to Germany where they revised the design and used uh, larger tooling uh, with a more powerful spindle. Um, and so we have actually run that at the past three IMTSs that I've attended. I've been with Datron for almost six years. Um, so <laughs> I tried to make a really ambitious part that didn't quite make it to the show this year, unfortunately. I hope to show that off on Instagram someday. Okay. Um, but, you know, I said, I, I want to run, I kind of have to run the longboard again. Um, but I want to change it because it was sort of the same design that we've seen for a while. So uh, a little inspiration came from... John Grimsmo, <laughs> the honeycomb pattern on yeah. the on the Norseman is super cool, and I just I sort of played with some different geometric shapes and and found what what fit best there. So I redesigned it with full honeycomb pattern underneath, and then some really deep uh, engraving, if you could call it that, pocketing of the Datron Next logo, uh, and then did sort of the inverse of that on top. Um, <clears throat> some uh, knurled pattern. We used a diamond, uh, not a diamond, sorry, a um, single flute ball mill three millimeter to give this um, um, knurled pattern on top and then put the honeycomb on there as well with the logo so uh, the the only flag that I get because everybody loved watching it and even more when they they were able to receive one the only flag I got is that I pr programmed it in Mastercam <laughs> <laughs> the, the file started off there way back when I actually tried to bring it over to fusion but it just the something was up with the the sketch body and I couldn't extrude yeah. it even and it was fighting me even when I tried to I tried to fix a few things the yeah. the geometry it so just solving, wasn't solving liking. problems yeah so I've gotten offers from several people actually um, Gav um, who's uh, from New Zealand um, offered to remodel it for us uh, he's actually doing an electric buildup um, on his so he'll have electric motors and everything uh, we, okay. Yeah, we gave one to uh, you saw John Grimsmo. Mm -hmm. Got one over Eric. I gave it to Eric because he fixed my blade. Thank you, Eric, <laughs> if you're listening. And then um, as well, I gave one to John Saunders just as a big thank you. Um, you know, for the instant machinist community for what it is. I mean, uh, you're. You're, you guys help, of course, influential there. Um, but Does that mean that we're getting one in the future? I'll do my best. <laughs> right after you get a Hermley Eagle, the, the, the longboard will be in the mail. So uh, everyone's been begging him to put a, a motor on it now. I know he made that miniature V8, so yeah. uh, be a good project. we'll see. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, I, I love that product. And um, we'll have the link. So I know there's, uh, I think John, Sond or, I'm sorry, John Grimsmo uh, has posted um good footage of it when you were up visiting his, his shop yep. so we'll post a link for that I don't know if John Saunders has anything out yet I haven't seen it but um, yeah it's 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 a marvel <laughs> it's quite amazing uh, the finishes you guys get off the Datrons are just, or Datron sorry it goes either way. It's a little yeah. bit up for discussion. Some people say Datron, some people say Datron. Uh, yeah. As long as you spell it right, that's all I really care about. Some yeah. people add a Y. So you're you're primarily, uh, is your role kind of application engineer? At so Datron, when I started at Datron, I was actually a service uh, administrator. It was really a foot in the door. I came from automotive repair um, for about seven years. That was my career and really 
um, was just not enjoying it anymore. You you get into working on cars because you like working on cars, yeah. but then when you do it for a living, it really pulls all the fun out of it. Um, so my brother Neil actually started at Daytron a few years before me in sales. Uh, so I had this exposure to it. I went to an open house event that they had, new technology center opening, uh, and when I saw that, I just I knew uh, that I was in the wrong career <laughs> path. Um, you know, going back to like uh, the high school days, I, I used to work with Macromedia F Flash, Shockwave, whatever they call right. it back then. It's pretty antiquated now, but making animation in there, running a website, things like that. So I was comfortable with um, editing. You know, I did some HTML and stuff for that too. So I knew some computer programming, really basic, um, and using graphic user interface for for creation. So it was kind of uh, an evolution of working on cars and working uh, with computers to make my way to machining. Um, so yeah, I started off just in service administration to get in. Then I was a service technician for a bit. It was only a few months before I was in an application engineer role. Um, and that's been about five years, five and a half years I've been in that role. So uh, training people, um, doing uh, turnkey solutions, um, doing uh, benchmark parts, so test cuts for prospective customers who want to buy Daytron but really need the justification, so they they need to see their part cut. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so my my role has evolved from that to being a little bit more in house. Um, so I work closely with our sales department to make sure that the the projects they're bringing in should get passed along to everyone else in, on the team. Uh, like Tom, you met, he's uh, he's uh, sort of like the role I was, application engineer. Um, if I have to pass a project along to him, I want to make sure I give it my okay first so we don't waste anyone's time. We're all super busy, so yeah. we try to make sure we get the best stuff through the through the door. Okay. Yeah, and I've been very appreciative of all the help you've given me, especially with the getting the best out of the Daytron single flute. You and uh, Marvin for sure. been a big help. I've learned a lot. Uh, still recommend that tooling for small small machines with fast spindles like uh, other mill. Yeah. Shapeoko, actually. Very good, yeah. good uh, combination there. So... Um, you have tool sizes like oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't go below maybe eighth inch two mil just because uh once you go micro like you really have to worry about run out but above that size like up to a quarter inch or oh, so. on the shape echo yeah 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 actually uh i had challenge with the two millimeter on the shape echo the the four millimeter i had ran really well mm -hmm. um whereas yeah like my other bell the the 1.5 and two millimeter that's the sweet spot for that little you know mm -hmm. 30 or almost thirty thousand rpm machine but uh what is the runout like on on that machine? Uh, it depends on like the the collets you yeah, get. Yeah, it's and not a precision collet. Gotcha. It's more, you know, it's a it's I, a trim I, router collet. So. And okay. also, I, I've been measuring basically just about an inch below the collet nut, and it's between like the best I've ever seen is like about one thou. Okay. Sometimes it's like one point five. Yeah. Um, so not super precise, but we, we make them down to 0.3 millimeter diameter single flutes. Mm -hmm. But we also use HSK E25 yeah, tool holders, yeah. which have run out of like less than three microns. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're using a router. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. I posted some footage of uh, of the part you were making on that. Uh, was it factory future factory floor? Um, so there's some Daytron footage on my Instagram uh, account of that. Really, it was pretty small tooling there. Yeah. Working on the aluminum aluminum cap for the uh, environmental sensor. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
you've been working, so you probably haven't really seen much at AU. I haven't been able to. to <laughs> Marvin, he threatened me to, if I don't attend his class, he's going to like sully my name at Daytron. So <laughs> I'll be there. Um, so I'll be there tomorrow, I think. Right. Um, I'd like to get Tom out to some classes as well. Tom's here for anyone who's not attending AU. He's uh, just a coworker that's uh, running the machine while I'm up here doing the, the podcast. Right. So we, we tag team... Uh, demonstrating the machine for everyone so yeah, uh, but yeah I, I, I'd like to come to AU in the future and just attend classes or have <laughs> a, a, pro, a primary focus on it um, because there is a lot to learn but just like Al and Marv were talking about the networking is tremendous yeah. um, it's it's huge for me and in, in my industry to be able to know the right people to go to to make sure we can keep business moving along smoothly so okay it's cool that to have you guys just in the the high-speed space just because um, I know I, I've bounced ideas probably with you, and I'm sure you've conversed about like foam cutting. Yeah. And that's something I'm, I'm really curious about because very few people I see, especially in the hobby space, do it on a CNC. But you have that high speed spindle, you have high high feed rates. Mm -hmm. You should, in theory, be able to pull it off. And so being able to look at like you guys, Daytron, doing it in the industrial space gives me a little confidence that I can pull that back and do it in the the hobby space. Yeah. And they have a dedicated cutter for foam that uh, John Grimswell talks about yeah. it quite a bit and yeah. he does all his packaging with that um, looks really good I have yet to get mine a try so just because I don't have the foam yet but yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing that you on prepare the ship it. it makes yeah. an awful mess <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. a I don't have a vacuum table so work holding is going to be a bit of a challenge to yeah. figure out but um, yeah but I hope to give that a, a try soon nice so, so it's yeah, it, it's cool to see what you guys are doing with that machine because it's, it's really yeah. really awesome yeah, yeah. Um, okay so I'm out of ideas for now. <laughs> yeah, no, um, um, any parting thoughts you want to share with our uh, maker audience? I mean, just to yeah. touch on what Winston was saying, um, yeah, what we do, I mean, Datron, we kind of, um, people think we're like this uber crazy machine, um, but we're, we're a pretty small machine tool manufacturer. Um, so it's, you know, we're not like Haas, we don't sell 2,000 machines a month like our, our neighbor there in the booth was saying. Yeah. Uh, we're much smaller, we, we only have about 500 machines in the US, so it's great to connect with, with people like yourself um, because we are kind of a small business by comparison uh, to someone like Haas. So it's it's great to meet with, with everyone, and, and I forget who said it, but all these high-end ideas, they all trickle down. Um, to, to users of desktop machines and things like that. And like yeah. you were saying with our tooling, um, you know, we're more than glad to, to sell to anyone who's got a desktop machine and provide some insight on, on how to use it. And it's great having you guys around to have uh, some experience with that to, to share with everyone else. And yeah. We're glad to be, you know, out of just that, that high-end, mm -hmm. high-speed machine uh, market and helping out the little guy. Too. Yeah, because I mean, some of the key innovation that's, you know, been going on last probably 20 years is in the tooling side, right? Yeah. So that some of that, a lot of the technology is not really appropriate for the small machines or affordable, but there's little gems out there like the Daytron single flutes that, you know, I'd like to get the word out on. So yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's other ones. We'll, we'll find some more. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you very much, Dan, for your time. I know uh, you're busy down there. We, we, we're lucky to get you uh, pulled away for yeah. 45 minutes. Appreciate and, you having me. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for uh, showing us the machine up close. Appreciate that. Of course. Too. Yeah. All right. All right, well, that's a wrap. It is. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your uh, AU. All right, thank you.